With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He was so technically good that that made it sort of out, it didn't matter really. The, the yard or two is already in his head. So he's a yard or two quicker than anybody because of what he sees before everybody else. He used to drive Tony McAndrew, the youth coach, mad. Jack, pull your socks up for the last time or I'm pulling you off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's his own man, isn't he? Character though, isn't he? I mean, I like, I like that. I, I, this is what I mean. It's just like, well, do we, do we want robots? Some of the press that Jack's had, you know, hasn't been the greatest. Um, but that that gives a completely wrong impression, you know, because uh, it's not the Jack Grealish I know. As a Villa fan, his dream will always been to score the winner against Birmingham. The fact that it came on the day when he got clocked in the back of the head wouldn't have diminished that. It probably made that all the more sweeter. You're more likely to think, well, thank God, you know, I've been brought up thinking that's okay. He just goes past people, he has this ability. He's not quick, but he sucks defenders in. He's a very, very intelligent player. I mean, even now, at uh, the level he's at now, you can see when he goes past somebody, he just gets his body between ball and man. Oh, another foul, Jack. Well done, sir. If you've been unlucky enough not to meet Jack, then that's, that's your loss, really. He's a lovely lad and um, great talent. If he's watching this, I shall expect a call. <laughs> Listen, he owes me a fortune, tell him. <laughs> you are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. To help tell the origin story of Jack Grealish, we decided to reach out to the people who watched Jack develop into the Aston Villa captain we see today. First of all, we visited Brian Jones, the ex-academy director at Aston Villa. Brian saw Jack Grealish join up with Villa from the age of nine and helped him develop as a footballer and a person through to the age of 18 when Brian retired from his position in 2014. We also spoke to Chris Bentley, Jack's primary school head teacher from Our Lady of Compassion's Catholic School. Chris ran the school football team and shares the memories he has of Jack as a young schoolboy. You can always tell when somebody's just got a little bit of something extra, even, even at nine years of age. You can tell there's a little something there. We wonder if it'll develop. And I don't necessarily look at players um, until they get into the senior school. And once they get to the age of 12, 13, 14, I think you've then got some idea of of how good they're going to be and whether they've got an opportunity to play at the top level. And he was one of those. At nine years of age, it's difficult when you bring little kids in because you don't want to turn around to a nine-year-old and say, sorry, Sonny, you're not good enough. So we tended to say, well, look, it's, it, you're coming to visit Aston Villa just to get a, a feel of the place. And it's an experience for you. There won't be anything at the end of it, but just, just enjoy it. And of course, when there is somebody a little bit special, you, you pull them out on one side and quietly have a word with the parents and to see whether they're interested in, in signing a form at nine years of age. I have to say I was against that system in, in those days. I, I thought nine years of age was too young, but if you didn't sign them, then somebody else would. So at our school, we did, we did encourage sport. We had some uh, very good staff, and myself included, wanting to 
offer the kids lots of opportunities. So Jack would have played tag rugby, Gaelic football, cricket, rounders, football. But I mean, he could turn his hands to anything really. But obviously, he excelled, you know, at football. Um, and even from early age, because he was, uh, I ran the school team at the time, and he um, made it into the school team when he was in year four. So that'd be probably two years ahead of other kids. But although he wasn't very big, he was still head and shoulders above the rest, really, because he had just a wonderful balance is the first thing. Fantastic balance. Um, and also he's just control, close control, very hard to take the ball off him. Uh, and he was a really good team player as well. You know, so he wasn't, you think a kid who's that much better than others would be greedy. But far from it, Jack would always play the pass, bring his teammates into play, encourage people, you know, keep running. Head never went down, you know, really good. Most people think they're better than they are, don't they, really? But you never got that impression with Jack. Um, he just loved playing. And I think he also understood that it's a team game. He always seemed to understand it's a team game, so there's no point moaning at people. You just encourage and keep working hard and sort of lead by example, you know, which is one of the reasons I think probably uh, he's been made captain at the Villa, you know, because he really does lead by example on the pitch and with his positive attitudes, you know, he's totally committed to the cause and focused on, on you know, winning. He just had a great touch um, and a great awareness and, and he was not frightened to take people on. Um, and part of our coaching technique in those days was if you've got a player who can get past people and he wants to do it twice and then he wants to go past three players, just let him do it. To hell with coaching at the moment, what's right and what's wrong, just let his natural ability flow. Uh, and that's what he did and he's, he stood out. A lovely smile, that's what I say about Jackie's. You're hard to catch. Jack's either smiling, or he's just going to smile, or he's just smiled. He's always been like that. He's a very positive person, always, you know, um, likes to be, not so the centre of attention, but, you know, was always likes to, likes to be having fun. Uh, and I mean that in a nice way. Uh, you know, he wasn't a naughty kid at all. Very helpful, not a goody-goody at all, just a helpful lad. So he said, I need three or four kids to come out. His hand to be straight up, you know, come put some chairs out in the hall or do whatever. Um, and also he just absolutely loved anything sports. He loved being outside, the outside, you know, always, even from early age, you know, kicking a ball in the playground, even when he wasn't supposed to be doing that sort of thing, you know. He was a pain in the, now what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, backside? No, he wasn't. He was, uh, as a young player, he, he was absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. No trouble at all. Nice character, personality, bit of a joker. Great lad. Jack, in common with with a, with a few other pupils, might have um, the club might have requested for him to go out of school maybe on a certain afternoon once a week to go and do X, Y, and Z, uh, extra training, etc. And actually, would accommodated that because, as far as we're concerned, that'd be part of the sort of gifted and talented thing. Whereas, um, because they're so well organised nowadays, um, you know that. That the, the children concerned are going to get some high quality provision, and as long as it's not affecting the schoolwork, I mean, Jack's case, it didn't get, you know, it didn't affect his schoolwork at all. Um, then we'd be happy to, you know, to accommodate that. So yeah, he would he would have gone out almost certainly um, during school time, just maybe one, one afternoon a week or something. By the time he got to the age of fourteen and fifteen, he was playing against players who were probably two years older, in some cases three years older. Uh, and, and I mean, he'd do things on the field. Um, if you're standing on a, a touchline, and Jap was probably playing wide left at that stage, so I'm on the right hand side, and, and he'd have the ball down wide, uh, and he'd get into the box, and he'd get past people, and you look and you think, how on earth has he done that? And it's only when you get the, the clips of the film, because we used to film the game, you think, he just goes past people, he has this ability, he's not quick, 
but he sucks defenders in. He's a very, very intelligent player. I mean, even now at uh, the level he's at now, you can see when he goes past somebody, he just gets his body between ball and man. Another foul, Jack. Well done, son. Uh, it's just an innate ability. You can't coach it. It's just brilliant. I watched the game the other day on the television. I wasn't watching it live. He was driving from his own box deep into the opponent's half. And I was quite surprised how quick he was. So obviously his fitness and, and, and his speed has been improved. But again, he's still not an ultra-quick player, but he, he just gets past people. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Well, obviously he went to St Peter's Secondary School afterwards and, and was very successful there with their football teams. But um, he then went to Notts County and um, managed to get tickets uh, through, his, uh, through Karen, his mom. Uh, so myself and my, my deputy head then, David Norton, we went to watch him at Knox County um, playing there. Now they got beat 5-1, <laughs> but he still played really well. And what was nice is we, we were able to give uh, Jack a lift back home on the way, so we had a good chat about old times and everything. You know, and, and obviously I've tried to, uh, I don't do a lot of social media, etc. but you know, I send him encouraging remarks on Twitter, etc. and the rest of it. But obviously he's got a million and one people interested in his career. But, you know, um, I'll continue to follow his career with a lot of interest and wish him all the best because um, I think he's a very special player. We weren't particularly, particularly big school, but in the year that Jack played, um, when he played, I know that we won the local, you know, divisions, etc. That was the, the first time that we won that. And I think Callum was in the team with him. Uh, and also later on, we won the. Um, well, we shared. To be honest, we shared the. Um, we shared the Solihull Cup um, with our local rivals, Our Lady of the Wayside. Um, and in fact, the match went to nil-nil full time, nil-nil extra time. And then we decided to share the trophy, which was nice, really. Uh, I think they'd won it before, but we never had. So um, I suppose you kind of everything. We didn't get a Jack Grealish goal in the 95th minute. But um, no, so we won a couple of trophies that I don't think we probably would have won without him. No. As Jack grew up and the noise surrounding his potential increased, Aston Villa sent him on loan to Notts County. Jack would go on to make a huge impact that season and help County keep their place in the league in one of the great escape stories in their long history. Lee Curtis is a dedicated Notts County reporter for the Nottingham Post and was covering the club during that season. We caught up with him to ask how he rated a 19-year-old Jack Grealish back in 2015. I think you're always a little bit sceptical when you, you sort of see young Premier League players come out on loan and to, to lower league clubs. You wonder whether they're going to have the right attitude, the right qualities, because it's such a tough and demanding league. But from the moment I saw Jack, I was thinking, yeah, this kid's definitely a little bit special. Um, it's absolutely no surprise to me to see him, you know, an established Premier League star that he is now because he showed so many qualities in what was a very, very tough league for him. Um, Played on that left-hand side like he does now. He cuts in, drop of the shoulder. Such a great talent to watch. Um, you know, he's got all the skills that you would want. And but what I liked about him one, most was, you know, if he got kicked or he had lumps taken out of him, it didn't bother him. You know, he just picked himself up and kept going again. I mean, I remember the game against Stevenage when Knotts won one 0 I mean, he was absolutely brilliant that game. And it, you know, I remember. I can't remember the Stevenage player it was, but he absolutely lampooned him in the uh, in the second half, and I think he ended up having going off injured that game. But and you sort of wonder in those instances where the young player might go away, this ain't for me. But yeah, actually, he came back and was played such an integral role really in in the club staying up. He was absolutely brilliant towards the end of the season. Um, 
and he was just a delight to watch. Uh, he was one of those players that you just love to watch because he's, yeah, he gets bums off seats, very, very skillful, scores some great goals, really nice lad off the pitch too. And you, you could see from talking to the people around here at Knotts at the time when Sean Derry was the manager, they all said, you know, he was he was always going to go and to be destined for bigger and better things. And then that's proved to be the case. It's almost like that boyish excitement and sometimes you don't see that from players but you sort of really got it with Jack it was like I'm an Aston you know I'm an Aston Villa fan I'm an Aston Villa player and I want to go on and achieve the great things with the club and and that's what he's that's what he's done and he's gone he's gone on to captain them and he's he's got he's got his dream of playing with them in the, in the Premier League and being such an established star I think the next step for him now would probably to try and get an England cap because um, I think he's more than good enough to do it because there aren't many players I don't think of his ability, you know, he may not be the quickest, but I think that the way he controls the ball, the way he spots a pass, the way he creates openings, you know, he's, he's, he really is a fantastic talent. The scary thing is he's only 24, so he's only going to get better. You know, players probably don't reach their full um, development until probably 26, 27. So, you know, it's absolutely frightening how good you can think he could be in the next few years. Um, but it's, it's been great to see him. It's absolutely no surprise to me to see how, how well he's done for Aston Villa and, the, and the, what he's contributed there during his time. And um, I'm just pleased that Notts County have had, are able to say that they've you know played a part in his development, really. He had to deal with that physical side and there were times when he did get roughed up and he was brushed off the ball, but he was so technically good that that made it sort of out. It didn't matter really, you know. As we've seen that, that video, we've just seen the, the drop of the shoulder, and before he's gone, and it may not be the quickest, but it's the, the 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 yard or two is already in his head. So he's a yard or two quicker than anybody because of what he sees before everybody else. He's got a wonderful balance about him as well. Some players you see, and it looks a bit clunky, but he just sort of glides and just tough full control of the ball. He, he is he's a magician really, he's, he's such a great player to watch. Um, the one thing is he's grown a lot, because he was never a particularly big lad, he was always about average below average height, so suddenly he seemed to shoot up, which, which obviously helps. And obviously he's worked on his physique, because he, he's a, you know, a very fit looking lad now, isn't he? Very strong, very powerful, but still alive. But now I think all he could see was the potential. But, you know, a certain amount depends on luck, isn't there? You know, and some people with talent never get to, um, you know, fulfil it, do they, for various reasons. But I could certainly see the potential. But you always know that um, it, it, it's still a gamble. But um, I think Jack's just got a real positive attitude. He's got a sort of belief that I think comes from, you know, family, family roots, etc. that if you work hard and if you try hard enough, you know, you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, but he doesn't have by magic, you've got to apply yourself, you know. But he just had all the ingredients. You feel very fortunate to have seen somebody like Jack. Um, because I, I, I think people underestimate, he was only 19 when he came here. You know, and that, it's, it's his first league club. You know, it was a high-pressured situation. You know, Knots were, were fighting it out at the bottom. They'd struggled for pretty much throughout the, the course of the season. Um, and that's quite a big ask of a 19-year-old to come in and be able to perform to such a standard. And a lot of fans knowing how good he was, to, you know, to put that sort of pressure on him to perform on a weekly basis at 19. I don't think he gets enough credit for that personally because Jack came in and I think obviously he just trusted in his own ability, obviously confident in, confident in his own skills. And that obviously transmitted itself onto the pitch. And at never one point did you ever think, you know, Jack's one of these players that is going to get swamped by 
the pressure of of needing to get a win at the weekend and uh, that's what I th that's what really impressed me looking back now if I look back and I think yeah I was blessed to watch him play at 19 he must have felt although it's my chance to shine it's a very very high highly pressured situation I've got to perform here and people are looking at me and the fact that he embraced that challenge and went on to did it do it so skillfully and contribute some big goals as well during that campaign is I think it's a testament to him really and probably that's we haven't made too much of that and we should do because you know at 19 it was it could have been quite easy for him to just come in and just sort of uh, uh, you know just almost go into a little bit of a shell which is what I've, what I've seen other young players do over here in the past so for him to do that I think is um, was absolutely fantastic but yeah when I, I think when I look back I think yeah he was yeah, he was, a, he was a great kid, he was great to watch, you know, and just a, like a playground footballer really. And there's not many too much of those about anymore because a lot of it, a lot of the the key qualities get trained out of them. But I liked him because he was just like one of those kids on the playground, get the ball, and just run at people, and I, I love that because and because that's what gets bums off seats. You know, it's he's the sort of player that makes the fans stand up and go, yeah, this kid's unbelievable, you know. And yeah, it was great. It was great to see him play, and he's. Um, yeah, he's a, a really special talent. Because there were maybe one, one or two controversial incidents early on in his career, which are a bit unfortunate, that colours people's judgment straight away. Um, but actually, he, is, he was never a flamboyant kid at school. And I was thinking, for the player that actually gets kicked the most probably in the football league, why aren't you wearing shin pads? So that's what I would say to him. Where's your shin pads, Jack? Um, just common sense, really. But no, I think he's maybe he's got a certain sense of style. I mean, we've all been on that, haven't we? I mean, if anybody wants to go back and look at anybody's uh, attitudes or their clothing or their hairstyle in that period of their lives, you're going to be a bit embarrassed about certain things. But um, yeah, and I think with Jack, what you see is what you get. There's no side to him. You know, he's, uh, he's a very honest, hardworking, you know, professional. And, um, you know, I think he, he realises that he can make a difference. You know, not just playing the pitch, but, you know, by his attitude and by his work rate, you know, and by being positive. And there was one or two players at the Villa last year, weren't there, that, you know, he said to them, hold on, hang on, hang on in there, you know, don't go back on loan, don't go south, stay with us, believe. You know, and he persuaded them to stay, and that's how Villa got promoted. Whatever people say, you, you, you pay to do a job, but the feeling that when a player that you are responsible for, or your team is responsible for, um, get into the first team for the first time, there's no greater feeling. It's an achievement, isn't it? It used to drive Tony McAndrew, the youth coach, mad. Jack, pull your socks up for the last time, or I'm pulling you off. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's his own man, isn't he? He's his own man, it's as simple as that, really. He's comfortable playing in them. Um, I wouldn't allow him to do it uh, at youth level, and Tony McAndrew certainly wouldn't. But um, when you become a senior pro, and um, you, you can basically do what you want to think <laughs> in this day and age, uh, he's comfortable with it, so why not? Character though, isn't it? I mean, I like, I like that. I, I, this is what I mean, it's just like, well, do we, do we want robots? I, I don't, I genuinely do not get it. I mean, the, the, the problem with football I have made today is a lot of players are all the same. I, I like the players who've got a bit of flair about them. You know, I like the fact he wears his socks low and his shin pads sticking out. Great, fantastic. Gives us something to look at. It makes, makes him stand out from the rest of the crowd. I don't want to see 
11 identical players running out of the pitch and they're all immaculately, you know, dressed in the same way. I don't, I don't, I like individuality. And that, that probably, and he is an individual talent as a footballer. If you look at the way, the way he glides across the speed, pitch. So let him, leave him to it. I mean, he's a, he, to be fair, I'd like his hair. He's, he's got a he's got a great haircut because um, I'm particularly going grey anyway. So, but yeah, just these these are characters. This is what you want to see, and I, I, I've got no problem with like this per- perception that he goes down, goes down too easy. And listen, he's he's hugely talented, and the way the way to stop him is probably try and kick him, as many teams try to do when they're at Notts County. And I, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like talking about it really because it, it, it's one of those things that really winds me up. You know, when we start talking about you know, he's, the perception, the image of, of a player just on the way he looks and things like that. Judging for what he achieves on the pitch, I couldn't care less about you know whether he plays with his shin pads. Now, in fact, I actually welcome it because I think it makes him stand out for the rest of the crowd. And football is, has got to the stage now where we're just like we expect you know robots to turn up every week, and I, I don't like that. I think. That's probably where my argument with the modern game mostly is: is that you know the characters of yesteryear are slowly drying up, but he's got a bit about them, and I like, and I like that. It's a bit cheek about the way he plays, and I love that. It's great. I think there's more to come. Um, I'm quite surprised that he hasn't received an England call-up. Um, I mean, Gareth was um, a player when Jack was very, very young, coming through the system. Um, and fair play to Gareth, he always used to watch youth games when he, when he had the opportunity. And Jack in those days, we basically played wide left, um, because that's how he played, you know, from the age of nine onwards. But we felt there was, there was more to come from him than out wide and perhaps playing one in behind a striker in that little hole, the number 10 hole that they call it, might be a, a better position for him. But it appears that Dean's given him a bit of a free run, really. Uh, and he has the ability to, to find this little bit of space, turns, gets at players, and his short passing, that 10 to 15 yard pass with the right weight that just gets inside centre halves and leads people opportunity to score, is a, a real art, a real technique, and not many players have got that ability. He's got it. He's a very good player. Um, you know, I've watched him closely this season. Um, I thought he played very well against Brighton a couple of weeks ago, although Brighton had 10 men for 55 minutes, which was a big influence on that game. Um, and um, the reality of that is he's up against Sterling, Rashford, um, Hudson, Adoy, Sancho in those wide areas. Um, I know he can play as a number eight, but that's not where Villa have played him in the last six or seven weeks uh, where, where they've been getting their results. So um, the competition in that area is really high level. They're all good players. I think Jack's a very good player. I work with him with the under 21s, so I know all about him. Um, he's, he's very close. He's just got to keep playing the way he is. And if we had issues over the weekend, I wouldn't hesitate to call him into the squad. Well, they're all basically wider strikers. Jack isn't a wide striker, in my opinion. Uh, he needs to sit in there and create. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, where Dele Alli, uh, Dele Alli and people like this play. Now, for me, Dele Alli, and uh, I haven't watched him live for some time, but he appears to have gone off the boil for whatever reason. And if you're looking at players in form and compare the two, Jack really is streets ahead, in my opinion, at this moment in time. 
I'd certainly play him in, in a midfield role of some description, but with the freedom to, to go and open them up. And I note also one thing that surprises me from being a youth player, where the defensive part of the game was difficult for Jack. And this is where coaches like Tony McAndrew and Kevin McDonald were very, very good. They were patient in, in trying to get him to do what they wanted him, uh, what they wanted him to do. Uh, and I note now from the games that we play against teams that are probably better than we are in the Premiership, that defensively he's very, very sound and he takes good positions and he works hard and he's back covering, which is something he's had to learn. And it's foreign to him, I think, but he does it well. Yeah, and I don't know whether, unfortunately, possibly, Gareth Southgate's view has been a little bit coloured by some of the incidents that happened several years ago now. Um, but I would think that if you probably asked most football fans of most Premier League teams, you know, which players they're surprised haven't, you know, been pulling on English shirt recently, I'm sure he'd figure fairly highly there because uh, you've only got to watch him play. I mean, you can't take the ball off him, can you? There's only one way to take the ball off him, and that's fouling. And also that he can see, you know, he can see passes and make passes that other people can't see. You know, so he's got that ability to unlock a defence that lots of other people haven't got. Uh, and he'll give you 95 minutes, 97 minutes, however long you're playing. He'll, he's fit enough and strong enough to give you that, you know, total game that, that, that um, managers need, really. Um, so I think it's only a matter of time. I just hope that, you know, Gareth Southgate keeps his mind open uh, and, you know, but he, He's done well so far, hasn't he, Gareth Southgate, by bringing in lots of new players. So hopefully, he's, you know, he'll have Jack on his radar. It's funny, isn't it, how narratives are set. I mean, I remember seeing those pictures of Jack at the time, and I think I actually tweeted at the time. I was like, just leave the kid alone. You know, you've got to remember these these kids are coming up. They're, they're no different to me or you when we were, we were 19. Um, you know, going out and having a drink and a night out. They're a human being, just let them, leave them to it. I think this is the problem with football is that we expect, we set such a high bar of professional footballers that we forget at the end of the day, they're just normal normal people who like a pint sometimes. And I think some we make far too much of what they get up to. And as long as they're not breaking any laws and they're not being overly stupid and getting into fights and things like that, if they're just going out having a beer, leave them to it. I mean, I saw those pictures. I remember seeing those pictures of Jack and I was thinking, crikey, and the furore at the time was just like, he's 19 years old. You know, I was doing exactly the same at 19. And unfortunately, there was no cameras. Fortunately, sorry, there was no camera phones at the time because I would have been pitched in a far worse state and you know he was I think he was away on holiday wasn't he as well and yeah so you know these things do happen and and of course because he's a professional footballer everyone goes well he's got to be better than that no just let him go on with it he's learning he's part it's a light it's life you know he's learning about life and there isn't, you know, we forget that we automatically think there's a code that they've automatically, because they're a footballer, they've got to adhere to. Can't go out, you know, can't have a drink, um, and they should always know better, you know, and they're role models. And I get that, but these people have to find a way in their own life, just like everybody else. And I, I've found that whole thing really bizarre. Um, but of course, the media pays way too much attention to those kinds of things because it's, it's easy and the cheap headlines, but. For me, I think, you know, the way he'll have learned from that experience, as long as he learns from it, which he clearly has done, as he wouldn't be made captain now of Aston Villa, I'm absolutely fine with it. So I, don't, I never never once bought into this perception he was sort of this arrogant, spoiled kid who was always out on the razz all the time. Um, 
because obviously I'd known him from when he was here at Notts County, he never ever came across like that. And and that situation he was on another day, it was just like, yeah, yeah, bothered, what? You know, he's been out and had a drink and had one too many. We've all been there before. We've all been there before. Um, so, yeah, I don't... Uh, it, is, it is quite a big jump, but, you know, he, he'll have been learning all the time. He'll learn from that experience, you know. he's And the fact that, you know, he's now being handed the armband and people are talking about him as, as being a future England player... Just goes to show you that you know back then whatever people were saying about him it was just making mountains out of a molehill because you know the qualities on the pitch now and the way he handles him clearly the way he handles himself off it with the the stuff that he does for Villa and the community you know it just goes to show you that everyone was just worrying for nothing really. I just thought which poor sad individual has passed that photograph on because they but for the grace of God will go any of us really. I mean, uh, you know, let's do a quick poll of all the young men in England and say, have you never been out for a drink with your mates and so on, so blah, blah. So, um, you know, I just think that was really... I think some of the people around him have let him down very badly. Obviously, that, that, that came as a sort of um, uh, a warning to him that, you know, you can't go down that route. And um, he's taken that on board, hasn't he? I mean, it's, that's a lot, well, a long time ago now. And uh, I think he knows that to be a complete professional, you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, you've got to actually apply yourself uh, to get those rewards. So, you know, it's all part of the grown-up process, isn't it? Sometimes we like to build people up and then knock them down, etc. And I would just say that if, you, if you've been unlucky enough not to meet Jack, then that's, that's your loss, really. He's a lovely lad and um, great talent. I, I think if you're, you're working hard for nine months of the year, training day in, day out, going on holiday and having a good time, possibly as release. But um, I think he's now understood he's a professional footballer and perhaps if he wants to play at the really top level, international football, then he's got to knuckle down and perhaps leave that until he's 33, 34 and 35. And um, I think he's done it. To be fair to him, I think he's done it. Listen, I got sick to death of telling him how to behave between 16 and 18. Uh, and we had a nice evening in Hong Kong, I, I seem to remember. He, he was player of the tournament and he was absolutely magnificent. And of course the organisers there were raving about him saying, oh, he's better than Gareth Barry, isn't he, who you brought? He's better than Gabby and he's, he's, he's better than Gary Cale and he's better than Mark Albright. And, and you brought us some good players, but he stands out, doesn't he? I said, oh, he's not bad. He's not bad. But uh, we went out on the last night, which is the only time I hold my hands up, guilty as charged, where I said to the players, it's end of the season, you're now old enough to go into the town, be sensible and report to me every hour so I can check on you. And Jack came and sat with us and had a couple of beers and he taught me how to drink shots and uh, I've not looked back since. <laughs> Some of the press that Jack's had, you know, hasn't been the greatest. Um, but that, that gives a completely wrong impression, you know, because uh, it's not the Jack Grealish I know. You know, he's a team player, very talented, very positive person. He's a very loyal person, very family orientated, you know. Uh, and that's why I think he's probably uh, making a really good captain because sort of person that people want to be with, you know, and just leads by example. Uh, just, you know... Uh, creates a really um, good atmosphere, you know, and um, I know I'm a Man U fan, of course, but, um, you know, Jack's Villa through and through. So, you're not having it. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> uh, dream on. 
Um, but, um, you know, to him, it means so much to put that shirt on, I know. And to be captain is beyond all his wildest dreams, you know. And I, I know his family are made up as well. You obviously, as a fan, you relate to the players who are more those who are one of your own, don't they? I mean, because he embodies everything about the football club. You know, he's, he's come up through the ranks, family supports him, he supports him. So immediately the fans are, are automatically going to buy into that. It's like Stephen Gerrard at Liverpool, for instance. Uh, it is, uh, I think handing in the captain's armband is a masterstroke, it, but it does come with added pressure and responsibilities because you are the first person that everybody looks to when things aren't going well. And then when things are going well, everybody just sort of goes, yeah, well, that's your job, mate. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, um, it's only in the times of, of crisis that, um, that people seem to sort of mention players about captains and whether they're, they're, they're right for the role or not. But uh, I think watching Jack blossom over the years and seeing how he's, he's handled situations in the past, I think he's perfect captain material. You know, some, some people believe that you need to be a ranter and a raver uh, to be a captain, a good communicator. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's always the case. I think you lead by the way you play on the pitch. You know, he's proven that with his performances and the goals he's scored and how he handles himself on the pitch, um, that, you know, he is a leader. Um, and at 24, you have to say that's that's quite a remarkable thing because you wouldn't expect a 24-year-old to captain a club as big as Aston Villa, but you know he fully fully deserves it. Um, and maybe he's thriving on that extra responsibility because it it may well give him a lift because it. You look at it and you think, well, I'm 24. I've captain my home. I'm now captain of, of the club I support. So immediately you think, right, I've got to be on it every week got to be on it every week and and clearly <laughs> clearly he is you know he's been he's absolutely been, he's been absolutely terrific this year I mean the number of players that clubs buy now who are from abroad have no infinity with the club whatsoever um, all right they kiss the badge every now and then what does that mean well it means 150,000 pound a week I think in in some cases um, and it's very difficult for managers to get that altogether feeling. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers is very, very good at that. Uh, and I think he's got that feeling back at Leicester, whereas the manager before, I don't think, had the ability to do that. And to be a Premiership manager now must be very, very difficult with all the nationalities involved. So, yes, I think it does help to have local boy made good, Villa fan, Villa fanatic, uh, as captain. Well, I watched it live, actually. I was, I was watching it live, and at first it was, what's going on? Nobody knows what they were doing in that situation, do they, till it happens. I mean, I, I think I might have turned around and him and wanted to clock in one. Uh, but Jack actually, you know, first of it came as a shock. Then he didn't make a big fuss about it. He didn't actually roll around the pitch for 10 minutes, did he? Um, and I think, he, obviously, they were trying to put him off his game. We did that time of his game, but he just answered it in the best possible way, didn't he? Which is just, apply yourself in the game, do your best. And I think, you know, what a great answer, really. What a great outcome that he was able to score the winning goal. You know, and show that, you know what, you can do so-and-so. But at the end of the day, you know, football's the winner, isn't it, when you do that? I think his reaction to it was so mature. Um, I mean, if it had been me, I'm not quite sure what I would have done. I wouldn't have been as kind as he was. I thought he handled it brilliantly. Yeah, and I think it might have been a starting point. It may have been a starting point. What I liked about the fact that he was laughing, that you always felt in that game that 
he was always going to have the last laugh. And it was absolutely fitting that the best way that he got back, you know, the guy who did it, was to <laughs> just go and score the winner. I mean, it couldn't have been better written. I mean, it was almost like Hollywood-esque, wasn't it? I think obviously he would have been shocked and, uh, and hurt that somebody would do that to him. But at the same time, he wouldn't bear a grudge to an individual. He'd more likely think, well, thank God, you know, I haven't been brought up thinking that's okay. Uh, you know, and you say, just answer it in the right way. You know, just just do your best to win the game the right way. And that says it all, really, doesn't it? As a Villa fan, his dream will always been to score the winner against Birmingham. The fact that it came on the day when he got clocked in the back of the head, like you say, wouldn't have diminished that. It probably made that all the more sweeter. But, you know, he's done what he set out to do. He's, he's scored in the biggest derby of the season for Aston Villa. Uh, amid a backdrop of complete carnage on the pitch and obviously the headlines that come attached to it and the fact it was live on TV as well. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure that he, it was such a special moment for him and like you say, it, was, it wasn't it was it wasn't going to allow the post-match um, hysteria to dominate the fact of what he actually achieved on the pitch. Just got us three points against Birmingham, arch rivals, scored the winner, yeah. Let's get, on, let's get on with it. What a great day. You know, and that's what I like about him. He's just got that, just like he does tackles, just seems to ride things that, that come his way. Well, uh, could achieve. Uh, I'd like to think they would be part of the next English World Cup team. You know, you need that bit of luck to thing, but I'd like to see him figuring as a regular in the England team, um, you know, reaching the latter stages of the World Cup. I see that as it's not a given because you know anything can happen, but um, I certainly that would be my ambition for him, and also to hopefully stay at the club that he loves so much and where he can have continued success there. Really, obviously, if he stays, uh, and I think the club have proved with the new owners that investment is there and they're not afraid to spend money. Uh, I think if he's patient uh, and he can see that they have an opportunity to finish in that top four, top six, then I think he may may hang on and stay. His aim is to get in the England side and just prove to everyone that he is one of the best players in the country at this moment in time. You know, if I was a, a boyhood fan of the club and I'd, I'd had such a long association with it, coming through the ranks, coming through captain the club, Ultimately, as a player, you, you want to put trophies in the cabinet. And I think when you've finished your career, you want to look back and you want to look back at the memorable days. And yes, scoring in derbies is great, but what have you won? And I think that's going to be the big question that Jack has to ask himself is can he separate himself or can he see himself winning those things at Aston Villa? Um, because having a love for a, a club is one thing, but then getting to the end of your career looking back and say, well, maybe I, I should have gone and, and gone elsewhere and, and maybe won or played for a team that had the chance of, of winning the league title. I mean, who knows? I mean, Aston Villa, it was to say Aston Villa couldn't do a Leicester in, in years to come if they stay up and you know, win the title. But I think ultimately, you know, that would be a long shot. I imagine that winning things with Aston Villa would, would be a hundred times better than winning something somewhere else with, with another club because you just don't have that same sort of emotional attachment. But at the same time, um, he's still got plenty of time on his side. But I, if I was to say where will he be in 10 years' time, I think he'd be an established England player. Um, 
and I'd probably say he will he'll end up playing for one of the top six or the big six. Cash is king, isn't it? I mean, it'd be very hard for Aston Villa to turn down 60 million for Jack, Jack Grealish. And I think, um, and then it all boils down to the player and whether he, whether he wants to go. And that's, that's going to be very interesting. But I've absolutely no doubt that if a big six club came in for him, that he, he has shown already that he has the ability and the quality to grace any team in this league, I think. Status, do you think have you heard from him? No. Very disappointed. If he's watching this, I shall expect a call. He's got his own personal telling off now. He's going to... <laughs> listen, he's listen, he owes me a fortune telling. <laughs> I think he's living the dream, isn't he? And the thing is, he's probably pinching himself every morning. Um, because when you're there, it somehow seems like it's not really me doing this, is it? But one thing I like is he actually seems so comfortable in that role. You know, he's able to enjoy it and just enjoy the moment, really. Um, Jack isn't somebody who'll be dwelling and thinking about stuff. He's not, he's no Eric Cantona, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, the seagulls are flying over. Not at all, but he will be enjoying every minute of it and doing his best to make sure that um, he does the best he can for the club, in whichever way, on the pitch, off the pitch, whatever. Um, so he's living the dream. Mm. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. <laughs>